Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Alice. And today I'll be explaining the Babylonian creation myth. So this comes in the form of the Enuma Elish, which is a poem that the Babylonians recited every New Year's, I believe. To begin, I will do a bit of a refresher on the elements that we can often find in creation stories. The four elements are the separation of different parts of the Earth and the universe in general, succession generally of power, the ascent of man over woman, and dragon slaying, otherwise known as like overcoming a beast. As I mentioned in the previous episode, it's from Babylon. For geographical reference, the Babylonian Empire took up a large part of what's now the Middle East, spanning over to the northern half of Saudi Arabia, went all the way to the parts of Turkey, Iran, and Egypt. Unlike the previous two stories, I assume that many people are fairly unfamiliar with this story, so I'm going to do my best to account for that in my retelling. I would also like to apologize in advance if my pronunciation of these names is incorrect. <laughs> I will do my best, but I do have a fair chance of messing it up. So the Enuma Elish is a poem recited on the fourth day of their New Year's festival in Babylon in honor of their god of their city, Marduk. In the beginning, there were Apsu, primordial freshwater, and Tiamat, primordial saltwater. The two mingled together, and from them sprung Lamu, the male personification of mud, and Lahamu, the female personification of mud. The text I read actually translated it as Mr. and Mrs. Mud. This sounds like the Mr. and Little Miss book series that I would see in Barnes and Noble all the time. Well, <laughs> that's just how it be. Anyway, I just thought that was really funny. So after them came Anshar and Kishar, who are heaven and earth. It isn't totally clear whether Anshar and Kishar are the children of Apsu and Tiamat, or Lamu and Lahamu, but I don't think it matters that much, really. Not in this case, anyway. Yeah. So they marry, and they produce Anu, the god of the sky. This is another example of the sacred marriage, as I mentioned in the last episode. It's just union between, like, the earth and the sky. But in this case, it's heaven and earth. Well, yeah, but, like, heaven is yeah. generally considered to be the sky, yeah. so it counts. Close enough. Close enough. So lots of other gods sprung up, and all of these gods made, like, a lot of noise. So Apsu, primordial freshwater, was, like, annoyed. I mean, have you met small children? I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just <laughs> saying that he was mad. So he decided, because he's annoyed, he wanted to destroy all of their offspring. But Tiamat was like, no way. Those are my children. I mean, maternal instincts. Yeah. So this might remind you of the Greek story where Uranus dislikes some of his kids and angers Gaia by trying to get rid of them. I get it, man. Bro, if someone tried to, like, murder my kids, I don't have kids, but if someone tried to murder them, I would fight them. I mean, if someone tried to murder Maya, you would absolutely. Oh my god. <laughs> For reference, Maya's my dog. Most of the younger gods fell into a panic when they heard that Apsu was trying to kill them. Rightfully so. Yeah. And he had, like, an enforcer god named Mumu who also wanted to kill them. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I would also be kind of panicking, to be honest. One of the fourth generation gods, E, who is god of freshwater and is known in Babylonian stories for being very wise and tricky, able to kind of think around things. We stand. Yeah, I mean, like, he's really smart, and, like, you may be familiar with, like, Loki, who's kind of a trickster god. 
E is kind of like the version of this where it's like he helps the humans by being tricky. Fair so enough. So he's always considered very good and stuff. Fair enough. He didn't panic and ended up casting like a sleeping spell on Mumu and Apsu. Nice. So ancient sedative. Yeehaw. E killed Apsu and uh, strung a rope through Mumu's nose, which, you know, gross. That's a thing. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it. I was reading through this and I was like, wow, this is very gross, man. I mean, you wonder where mummification comes from sometimes, uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Got their inspiration <Yeah>. somehow. <laughs> anyway, Mans then decides to build his house on top of Apsu's dead body. The ultimate power move. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. What a chad. Ah. So after that, E's wife gives birth to Marduk, who's the hero of the poem and the god of Babylon. So Marduk is described as the ultimate being, born fully developed, four eyes, four ears, could shoot fire out of his mouth. He was immense and impossibly handsome. He was the OG Impossible Beauty standards then. Yeah, pretty hot, man. I don't know. Cosmetic companies wish they had him. Mm-hmm. His grandfather, Anu, was thrilled, and he made the four winds as a toy for him. Dang. So my grandparents had better step up if they want to spoil me. No kidding. <laughs> so the older gods got annoyed again, and they approached Tiamat, who just suddenly decided that, yes, murdering my grandkids is okay. Well, I mean, jealousy comes out in uh, different ways for everyone. I don't know, she and Guy um, are just, like, on the same vibes. They're just like, well, have you considered? I choose one way this look, time, and I choose another look, way next time. she burnt the kids. She put in work for that. The grandkids, not so much. Fair enough. They can go. <laughs> but, you know, just gonna say, like, with how much some kids scream and make noise, like, I do get it. You should not follow her example. Not at all. No, 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 no. But I'm just gonna say it's not... Totally unfair. The older gods were like planning to, you know, murk the, the younger gods, and the younger gods were like, uh, but what if we don't want to be murdered? Checkmate. <laughs> e was like, oh no, this ain't just my grandpa and his cop friend. We need some back up. <laughs> so he goes to Anshar, the aforementioned god of the heavens, like, please help. Anshar was like, yeah, so you gotta wage war against my grandma, Tiamat, and E was like, I. So then I think E fails? It didn't really say. So Anu, the sky god, attacks Tiamat, but when she attacks back, he's like, uh, okay, time for strategic retreat. See ya. So then everyone's like, uh, oh no, we are gonna die. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but then Anshar was like, nah, it's all good. So he sends in Marduk, who has the seven winds behind him. He gets three more for some reason. Uh, I don't know, man. He evolved. Yeah. <laughs> he broke some of them. Stage um, two Marduk evolution. <laughs> yeah. Lightning flashing all around him in his chariot with banging horses whose teeth straight up are dripped poison. All the stops out here. Yeah, he definitely just evolved. Yeah. Then they describe how he kills Tiamat in detail, which I'm not going to recite to you because it's gross. If you want to look it up, you can. Point is, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, so he defeats her and the monsters that are on her side. 
And then he takes like ultimate power because first of all, he asked for and the gods had said like, yeah, sure, if you defeat her, go ahead. And then they're, they're also like, yeah, you deserve it, man. Go ahead. And then he decides to like mesh blood and bone of Tiamat, I believe, to make humans. Kind of explains why uh, humans aren't morally perfect. Yeah, I mean, it also <laughs> means that we're made of, like, God. Fascinating, if you ask me. The last half of the poem is listing Marduk's 50 titles and the reasons for them, which is incredible. I love it. The amount of extra. Amazing. Just the daily description of an immortal alchemist. <laughs> yeah, it's just how it be sometimes. Yeah, you know, bangin' story, if you ask me. So you can probably figure out separation aspect where there's like all different gods who held different domains, just like with any polytheistic religion. Yeah. With the succession and the ascension of male over female, it's also kind of obvious because it begins with Tiamat and mm -hmm. Apsu, and then it passes on. So Marduk takes like ultimate power after Tiamat, and mm -hmm. so the male god it defeats the female god. With the dragon slaying, man's defeated a whole army of monsters and one of the primordial gods who is like totally alert and in the fighting mood. Now, I didn't really mention it, but Marduk essentially fashions the world from the body of Tiamat. The list of different things he fashions does seem to parallel the beginning of Genesis, which is possible because Genesis was, like, pretty close to Babylon. Some of the people who made the Bible probably did study in Babylon and likely took elements from their story and used that. This was probably around the time that the priestly writer wrote the Seven Day Story. Babylon was the, at the height of its power at that time. Babylonian Empire did cover a huge area, including the area where Genesis was made and gained traction. So next time, we'll be talking about the Egyptian creation story. Thank you for listening. And we'll catch you next time.